This is PhotoBizX, episode number 369, and today we're talking video and how you can use it to grow your photography business. And our special guest is someone who discovered just how good video is. He's built a business around it. I'm talking about Matt Barnett from Bonjoro.com, and that interview's coming up in just a minute. Are you planning to have a successful wedding and portrait photography business? Join Andrew as he interviews successful photographers and business experts to fast track your success. Welcome to the Photo Biz Exposed podcast with your host, Andrew Helmich. Hey, it's Andrew Helmich here from Impact Images and welcome to this episode of the podcast. You probably already know how excited I get about video because I understand how effective it can be in business. And I've interviewed other guests in the past who are utilizing video to grow their business, to connect with their prospective clients by using video in their email replies when they get inquiries. They're using video on their website. They're using behind-the-scenes videos. And a couple of those guests that come straight to mind are Michael Sasser, Brian Bassani, Kirk Maston, Gabrielle Mortuary, and I'm sure there are a ton more. And the one person who really got me started And using video in my business was the interview I did with Julie Muir. Not even a photographer, she's a wedding celebrant, but the way she approached her email replies utilizing video had me giving it a go and 100% converted me when it comes to utilizing video for email reply and Facebook ads. And there's a good chance if you've been following along with the Photo Biz X podcast, you know that I've been running the daily vlog challenge. We're currently in the middle of a challenge right now. And there's a good chance you've also heard about Bonjoro, which is the app that you can use or one of the apps that you can use for email replies with video when it comes to answering client inquiries. I thought (laughs) who better to have on the show to learn more about video than Matt Barnett. So that interview is coming up in just a minute. In regards to last week's episode, if you didn't catch that one with Joshua Holko, it was a stray from the usual because Joshua is a wildlife photographer who focuses on the polar regions of the world, which was yeah, it was incredible to, to have him on the show and hear some of the stories behind his business and what he's doing, particularly when he talked about the three different aspects of his business that have enabled him to create a profitable business around what he loves to do. And they were photography expeditions, image licensing, and print sales, all of which we discussed in detail in last week's episode. If you haven't heard that one, get back and check it out. It doesn't matter whether or not wildlife photography is something that you do. It's impossible to see the images that Josh has created and not be totally blown away. And then to hear about the business behind those images, it was, it was, it was eye-opening. I'm sure you'll find the same thing. PhotoBizX.com. Real advice, real strategies, and real ideas to build your photography business. Alrighty, we're going to jump into this interview with Matt Barnett in just a second. If you are hearing this announcement, it does mean you are listening to the free version of this podcast episode, and that means you will be missing out on a large portion of the second half of this interview because I do save that for premium members only. So if you are loving what Matt shares in the first half of this interview and you'd like to hear the full interview this week and every other week, you can check it all out for $1 with a 30-day trial membership. Just head to photobizx.com forward slash try and all the details are there. photobizx.com forward slash try. 
for a $1 30-day trial membership. Welcome to another great eye for business. It's time for Andrew's special guest. Today's guest is not a photographer, but he was one at one stage. He worked as a photographer in London for a few years before moving to Sydney, Australia when he was 26. And that was to start a video software company, which became Bonjoro. And why video? Well, the idea was born from a sales hack for his second business, where he would send every new lead a personal video instead of a plain text email. And he knew from an early stage that customer experience is about making connections, automating where it makes sense, but providing a human connection as often as possible. Bonjoro was born... And with the popularity of video for advertising, branding, marketing, email replies, and more, I thought, who better to have on the show to teach us how to maximize our client experiences with video? I'm talking about Matt Barnett, CEO, or more affectionately known as Papa Bear of Bonjoro. I'm wrapped to have him here with us now. Matt, welcome. Hey, Andrew. Awesome to be here. (laughs) It's great to have you here. You got to start with uh, letting us know about your time in London as a photographer. What kind of photography? What were you doing there? Yeah, so like I always class myself as an artist more than a photographer. Like photography has always been my medium, but I tend to go and create imagery and then sell that. So I was working and exhibiting throughout London. Did a couple of years of it. Did a lot of yeah, exhibits in London. Did a few in the US, a few in Europe, and then I'm actually by trade a designer. So I was working as a design consultant as well. I think I did some photography work as well. Like as you do, like I try everything. I try weddings, I try product photography, modeling work. Um, I personally found the commercial side of it wasn't quite right for me. I still enjoyed doing my imagery. That was what I loved. I didn't really like doing it as a role as such because it kind of felt more like my design work. But that said, I did find after a couple of years, I got to stage where I really kind of missed having a bit of a team and kind of going after something with a group of people. And the art side was wonderful. And there's obviously a route there, which is to build a team. And, you know, like you said, no, like Mark Quinn like, and Damien Hurst, and they were doing, they would basically have like a factory of artwork, which kind of didn't quite seem the right way to go. <laughs> it, was, it kind of seemed counterintuitive to, to what the whole point of being an artist was about. But I, um, you know, off the back of that, I kind of moved to Australia. The real reason was that I used to surf a lot of Scotland and the south coast of Wales and I went out one day and it was hailing so hard that it put dents in my board as we were hiding on the beach <laughs> and it's, it's hailing and snowing and I looked at my mate and I thought I'm done I'm, uh, I'm gonna go chase the sun so I came here and then one thing led to another found business so I still do the artwork but it's definitely you know it's a passion I'd say for those creators out there I actually think building a business is super creative like it actually satisfies my creative urge because you're making something no one's ever done. And, you know, you get like, I still get to do design, which is great and imagery. So for now, yeah, it's a, it's a pretty fun adventure. Nice. And when you say designer, is that a graphic designer? I was actually industrial design. So product design. So I was designing kind of consumer products. I was more on the visual side. So how products look and feel. Can you give us an example of a product? I used to work on things for Rolls-Royce, used to do mobile phones, used to do medical equipment, used to do consumer products like hair foil machines and God knows what else. I was the guy that would be brought in to kind of make things look sexy and to make sure (laughs) that people could use them. Nice. And I think I was the bane of every engineer because they'd always look at me and be like, we can't, (laughs) this won't work. And I was like, make it work. (laughs) (laughs) 
looks great. People will love it. It works like fit the motor in there somehow. Uh, and then I just swan off. <laughs> I love yeah. it. I love it. Mate, I can't think of a worse country to become a surfer than Scotland. <laughs> look, look, the surf is excellent. So here's the best thing, yeah, there's no one in the water. There's no one in the water and there's no sharks. You know, you get these big harp seals that come up and, and scare the life out of you because they just silently appear behind your board and they're about the size of, you know, they're about eight feet long, but they're harmless. So that's great. Yeah, no competition. If you want to go to the west coast of Ireland or north coast of Scotland, it's amazing. But you know, you will lose feeling in all your extremities in the middle of summer within about half an hour. So, I mean, look, I love it. Yeah. Like if you do stuff, the difference is it's always an adventure. It's as much about the journey getting there as it's about the surfing when you do it in Europe and cold countries. Whereas I find here, it's kind of more of a sport and a pastime. So it's almost a different sport, you know? Yeah. 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 I don't think I would have ever got into surfing if I grew up in, uh, in Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> That's for sure. So talk to me about discovering video. So, you know, you said you were sending videos to your, was it customers or clients back then? Yeah. So I started one business that crashed and burned and failed miserably because I had no idea what I was doing <laughs> as you do with your first one. And then out of that, we salvaged it. We ended up running basically an agency and we dealt with other agencies and we ended up working with quite major ones like Ogilvy and stuff, but they were all based in kind of London, New York and Paris. So just, you know, the, the way that things go. And so we would have inquiries coming in and we'd have like a lead funnel. And we were a small business, you know, there was like three or four of us here in Sydney. But the problem was whenever we had an inquiry, we'd always be asleep pretty much. So we had this real challenge trying to convert those leads into customers because they'd obviously inquire with us and probably inquire with, you know, a bunch of other companies. And by the time we woke up, they'd already talked to other people. So I wasn't a great copywriter. I'm pretty good with people. Like I like people a lot. Um, pretty creative and that helped to sell, but I couldn't get that across in emails and drip campaigns. So, um, to do something a bit different, I used to take the ferry to Sydney Harbor, um, that would go past the opera house. And so given the fact these leads were all overseas, I would pull out my smartphone and, and do an individual video for each inquiry the next morning. So if James signed up for my Ogilvy, I'd do a video for James, but Hey James, sorry, enough for Ogilvy saw that you work on the Budweiser and the known accounts. We've actually done work with Budweiser XYZ yada 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 and by the way obviously i'm in sydney because here's the opera house uh, behind me it's a beautiful day i will be in london in six weeks time why don't we come in and show you through what we do or hop on a zoom call you know in the next week i love that how was that received so we tripled our response rate straight away and look honestly it wasn't the pitch that did it it was that people came back and they were like i can't hear you because the wind's too strong but <laughs> but it's pretty funny and like Honestly, like this is great. Like, come in. And I think it showed that we were creative and that we were willing to invest time in, in customers. And it showed, obviously, who, who I was, who was one of the people that they'd be working with. And they were like, look, this guy looks, looks great. Let's get him in for, for a chat. And then from that point onwards, you know, we were able to sell. Like, that wasn't so hard for us. It just, it wasn't the video per se. It was, yeah, the fact that we were going out of our way and doing something different. That's what people really hooked into. And obviously got across our personality, which seemed to win them over. Yeah. So these were pretty raw, not highly polished at all, these videos when you started doing them. Well, you can't see it now. I definitely, I wouldn't say I have a face for video. I've, uh, <laughs> I've spent too much time in the North Sea, which has <laughs> given me, aged me spectacularly. Um, look, it's completely raw. You're, like, you're not getting dressed up. Look, I think the thing here is it's about being authentic and transparent. It's the same thing as you know, if you have a coffee with someone. It's the same kind of idea. You don't go get all dressed up for that necessarily. 
the, the transparent stuff works. People like it. They're like, well, this is obviously legit. He looks like he's just got out of the shower. That's, that's obviously him. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, like I think the world is moving towards a stage where transparency is becoming more effective because it's very hard to understand what is and what isn't transparent. Mm-hmm. So when things are obviously transparent and obviously done for the, for the right reasons, they're, they're working really well. I think we're craving this right now. I, I think customers are, are craving working with better companies. And again, with the whole marketing messaging and emails and everything else, it's kind of hard to work out who's who. Yeah. You mean whether it's automated, whether it's real? Is that what you mean? Exactly, yeah. Yeah, so whether it's all just automated, whether you can trust people to work with, whether they are the kind of people you'd like to work with, it's very hard to tell through emails that are coming through on a lot of messaging. Yeah. Okay, so I'm happy to fast forward now because to me, I mean, it's pretty obvious that you would be an expert with video today. So when you talk to, well, to your staff, to me, to the listener, about using video in a business today, where do you see us using it? Where should we be using video today? So I think there's a few different areas on the customer journey. And obviously video is kind of a hold a hold all. Like there's, there's different types of video. So yeah, I suggest that using what I call video messaging or asynchronous video that is personalized is extremely useful at the beginning of the funnel. So when leads come in, making your best first impression. And this is what I was doing on that boat on the harbor in that first instance was trying to make the best first impression so that people would talk to me and book a meeting and kind of want to learn more. So if you have leads coming in, inquiries coming in, making your best first impression, take the time, record videos specifically for individuals is amazing. Like I think when customers are then going through a funnel, generally there's other areas of video. So, you know, obviously having reels that show your work off spectacularly, you know, we photographers, filmmakers, like it's a visual like industry, like show your work and show how you work and show what you do. Extremely powerful. And this is the kind of content that is evergreen and that is obviously a production piece, but obviously the quality of that production inherently shows your creativity and your ability to deliver as well. So I think use that at points in the marketing, possibly after your first inquiry, you might even you know, drop a personal message and say, hey, here's a video reel, watch this, if you want to learn more about me, yeah? But again, you know, you've then got the fact that you've taken time with the customer, which is very appreciated, and then you're saying, and then also here's my work. I think if you start to go down the funnel then, imagine that you're obviously keeping customers for a long time, doing things like re-engaging customers who you maybe haven't talked to in a while or who've gone silent or even given the state of play today, re-engaging people to say, hey, would you like us to you know, recut some images? We're doing X, Y, Z, have a look at this. Re-engagement's a really good time to use, I think, personalized messaging again. One caveat I will say, like, like video is great for this. Um, you don't have to do everything by video. I think you know, personalization is the key. Video is a very good way of gaining this across. If there's other ways that you can do it, that's fine. Like, phone calls are still good. Meeting in person is, is always the best. Um, obviously a little bit hard right this moment but i think yeah checking with people um and then off the back of that doing things like driving reviews and testimonials so again like we're talking about video here but it's actually the personalization it's actually the fact that you're taking time so if you want to increase the chance of getting reviews if you specifically ask people in person to leave you a review the chance of you getting a review is you know 10x and just sending out a, a generic you know survey and saying please leave us a review here for sure for sure of those four different aspects you just talked about there, I think there's three that really lend themselves to those personal message. What do you call them? Personal messaging. Yep. So let's dive deep into each of those and discuss what you can share with us. Best practice, you know, the best way to get the best results. 
using those personalized messaging and video. So with an initial client inquiry for a photographer, it could be a pet photographer, a portrait photographer, a wedding photographer, what's key in that first reply if we're going to be utilizing video? I'd say consider your brand, first of all. If you're a corporate photographer versus a wedding photographer, obviously the way you present yourself is going to be different and important. I mean, we got married last year. You know, the older photographer trying to choose a photographer for a wedding was great, but I picked someone who I, like, I want someone very creative, slightly quirky, slightly, slightly different, someone who is very open to, you know, work with me as well. And I chatted to a few people and when I met a photographer, I knew it within like 10 seconds. I was like, this is the guy. So getting across obviously that brand, um, that personality, I think it leads in general for everyone. Um, it's about if you are able to, we suggest responding within about half an hour to four hours, if that's possible. The way that Atoll works is it works on your mobile, so you can get a notification if you have a new inquiry. So it's quite easy to respond. It's not about doing a 10-minute video. This is like 30 seconds to a minute. But obviously, if you respond this first four hours, that's when people are interested and looking at options. The quicker you get back, as with any sales, is always going to be a benefit. I mentioned before, you do consider your brand, but you don't need to go and put a suit on and, and do this you know, in front of a white wall. If you can, you know, do it in situ with some imagery behind you or when you're actually out on a shoot, that's really, really powerful because it kind of, again, gets across who you are when you're working. And I think the other thing to remember is that you always need to have an ask. So the reason you're sending these messages is to get a lead to take the next step on the funnel, which could be to book a call with you. It might be to go and look at one of your portfolios. You know, if you're selling imagery, it might be to go and purchase something depending what that next step is that you need that customer to take. The reason you're sending these is because you're trying to increase the chances of that next step being taken. So you're trying to increase the amount of calls you have, increase the amount of like views of a certain course that you're running potentially. Yes. You're trying to convert that lead into a, a booking. You're trying to take them further down that yep. funnel. Exactly. Good. Okay. Let me just ask you about a few of the things you brought up there because they are interesting. You said you were looking for a photographer when you were getting married. I think it was last year. Did you get any video messages, any video emails? I did not, but I did hop on a call with a couple. Interestingly, interestingly, I initiated that. And obviously I'm biased, but I was like, yeah, I want to check. So we got married in Tasmania. So we were looking for local photographers in Tasmania. So I couldn't just, just meet them in the city for coffee, which potentially I would, I would have done. But I was like, look, let's just hop on a call for 10 minutes. Obviously I looked at their work, you know, like... Yeah, there's a lot of great photographers. So the work was almost secondary because I knew people would have good work. We looked at some good photographers and then it was like, can I, you know, am I going to have fun with you? Pretty much. But literally, it's one of those things where you know straight away. <laughs> Again, I think when like, James got on the call, like we were joking within about you know, 10 seconds and <laughs> laughing around. And I was like, yeah, you're in. Like done. Yeah, nice. You know. What about your wife? Did she have a bit of a say in this? Uh not as much. Like, like I'm the picky one when it comes to, to this area. It's funny. I was actually nervous about picking a photographer. And I joked about this like over the years with other photographers. I was like, how do you pick a photographer? You know, if you're a photographer, like how do you do that? So she was happy to let me do that. It wasn't as hard as what I thought. Again, I found someone great straight away. I think if you've done wedding photography for other photographers, like you understand it's kind of just a case of, you know, have fun, be creative let them have a little bit of a take and then give them all the raw files afterwards and it'd be cool with that, <laughs> which is scary. Don't know how well that's going to go down with a lot of photographers. Yeah, but imagine someone was photographing you on your wedding, you know, think what you'd want. It's exactly the same, yeah? 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's skip over that. What's interesting to me is we all know, the listener, you, me, we know how powerful video is, but there's still so few photographers actually using it to get in front of their, their leads. Well, why do you think that is? A couple of things, yeah. I think at the end of the day, it's, it's not the normal so like anything, things take a while to permeate into society. So like, when phones were first invented, it took years before people started using phones. Obviously, access is part of that. Video, we do have access to. I think some people are just not thinking about new ways. Some people are nervous, potentially. I think if you are nervous, frame it this way. You know, are you nervous when you have a coffee with someone? Because it's exactly the same thing, really. You know, I think, so. I actually talked to someone this morning and they made a really good point where they said, they think the reason that we get nervous of video is because for generations, video has been the kind of role of, of film and movies and, and TV and acting. And so we've always put video on this pedestal. Whereas when you think about it from a communication point of view, it's not that. It's just the next best thing to sit sit to sitting down with someone in person. So maybe that nerves. Um, look, I think technology has changed. You know, video mobile wasn't that great a few years ago obviously now it's got better data's got better in australia especially but i think more than anything it's probably just access and having the inspiration to realize that you could do it maybe yeah all right and then you said earlier too that 30 seconds to one minute that's a good amount of time to record that first it gets called the first response do you see people do you see photographers going way over that and that's a big mistake or is that 30 seconds are you trying to keep it as short as possible I wouldn't say it's a big mistake. Yeah, so we see people do long videos. Like, honestly, anything up to two minutes, I think you're fine. You know, but I think here's the point is that people have shorter attention spans now than probably ever. And so you're not trying to do the whole sales pitch here. Like, you know, the chances are you want to drive someone to have a call with you. Yeah? Like when we booked our photographers, they wanted to drive me to have a call or, to, you know, get in touch with them rather than just book on. Therefore, all this piece of content has to do is to get to that step. Part of it is your time. If you go on for two minutes versus one minute, you're probably not going to add that much more value. If you go for 10 minutes, you definitely won't add that much more value as well because they'll already have decided in the first kind of 30 seconds, one minute. It's about checking in and just showing that, and again, who you are, which takes seconds. So again, beyond that, not a huge thing. Um, yeah, attention spans is a, bit, is a big part of this. Yeah, you, You'll see this if you look everywhere, like video messaging, video content, it, like short form content, two minutes, you're going to have someone's absolutely undivided attention, you know, a minute, absolutely. I think you'll see that attention spans are actually dropping if you look at the kind of research. Yeah, look, I agree. If I see videos three or four or six minutes, I'm thinking, oh man, really? Do I have yeah. to watch this? Great, <laughs> which is crazy. I could like <laughs> three or four minutes is nothing. I know. You know, I know. Like, it feels like a real commitment. <laughs> how we have changed. Yes. Yeah. You also said, you know, you don't have to get dressed up and it's just like you're going to the coffee shop. But let's say, for example, I'm a cyclist, so I'm out on my bike and I get an email inquiry. I stopped at the coffee shop, for example, and I see an inquiry like, is that a good time for me to record a response, even though I'm in my cycling gear, or is that too far away from where I should be if I'm replying to a client? This might be something that you test. And again, it depends a little bit on your brand and, and where you are. Like, so if you're doing high-end corporate photography. Yes, okay. I mean, I mean, interestingly, like a lot of high-end corporates go out cycling. <laughs> this is the thing, yeah. So that's true. That's true. So here's the thing, yeah. Like, what works in real life will work on video. So how do you relate to clients? What what do you do when you relate that really works? If you can move it over to this method, it should work as well. Like, we have some pretty big influencers who do videos in the kitchen with their kids running around their feet, 
And people are like, yeah, I've got kids too. You know, again, it's that connection, but it depends on your brand, depends how you're doing it. You know, like you, like you know what works for you and you probably have clients that work for you and clients that don't, you know, do yourself to the, the clients that work. When it, like personally, I love authenticity. Like if you're on a bike, I'd be like, yeah, this is great. This is real. And the fact, you know, potentially you getting back to me quicker rather than waiting six hours or two days, you know, when you've got home and you had a shower and it got changed. By that time, I might have already talked to three other photographers. So there is, you know, a point of this is as well is actually getting back to people quicker. And especially on things like weekends, you know, if I reach out and people take the Monday to get back to me, like we'll always be shopping and probably have a number of people or you know, services that we're looking at. So you want to make sure that you're one of the ones that gets considered and speed is a huge plus here. Got it. Yeah, that makes sense. So I know that's not a specific answer, but there's a few variables. I think that take those and maybe test, you know? Yeah. I think we'll say if I'm taking me personally, if I'm sharing the fact that I'm a cyclist with my potential clients and my clients, then it's probably okay. If it's something that I don't share with them, then I wouldn't film it in that situation. Yeah. Would that be a fair way to look at it? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, like I said, like, get it while getting a coffee. I'm pretty sure everyone in Australia gets coffee. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, you know, like, it's, it's national pastime. You know, look, I think, again, like, ideal, like, any industry, if you could do it, like, in situ is wonderful. I was chatting to a charity earlier and we talked about how to get there and benefactors who are like based in Uganda to actually get on video with them. And they've managed to kind of get this happening. And it's amazing because it's like, well, there's the thing. As a photographer, you know, if you have to be on a shoot or out with you, you know, with your camera and you do video, if you're at a wedding and you're like, you take your break and you get one and then you send one, you say, I'm actually at a wedding right now doing the shoot. I've been here for five hours. We're now going to go and do this. That's pretty powerful. You can't always do that, but if you can take those opportunities. Yeah. No, that makes, that makes good sense. You talked about your audio, how how awful it was when you're on the ferry doing those early videos for your client inquiries. Even today, I mean, if you're using just a smartphone and you're outside, it's windy, it's going to be pretty ordinary audio quality. What's more important? Is it the audio quality? Is it the video quality? Is it the fact you reply fast? Like, What trumps what here? Yeah, so I think it's content, honestly. So um, look, the video quality like is going to be fine anyway. Again, like we're at a stage now where video quality is absolutely fine like you don't need to have hd audio like do a test you know do a quick video make sure your microphone's not pointing into the wind and you'll be fine you can also use apps like there's things like crisp and stuff that you can use i think they have a mobile app which cuts out noise pretty well um honestly it's about content you know if it's that windy then shout if you're in it you know <laughs> so we do videos for obviously for our science you know we it's what's called like eating around dog foods like we still use it if i'm going hiking with my daughter who's 18 months and she's in the backpack, which I'm doing quite a lot of right now to get out. That's one of the videos. And again, it's a different industry, but we have a lot of American and you know European customers come on board. And when they get a video of me out in the bush with my daughter, people love it. They're like, this is so different. You know, it's very surprising. It's kind of delightful. And yeah, maybe the audio is not always the great, or you know, I'm panting because I'm climbing a big hill and I'm not that fit. But interestingly, I've just always found that that stuff kind of works, you know. Cool. So when you're recording now for yourself, for your company, you're using an iPhone or something else? An Android. Okay. But, so, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. So with your Android phone, are you using the earbuds and the mic that comes with the phone or are you using something no. uh, a wireless? I just use the phone. Do you really? Just the phone. So that's good enough. No earbuds, no mic. Again, this is back to phones are pretty good these days. Saying that I've never, like, I've never used hands-free on the phone anyway. Um, it works well, picks up the audio well, video's fine. 
you'd be surprised, I think. Okay. What I love is you're making it sound easier and easier. <laughs> There's no excuses. Like I said, like, like I always mention the yeah, the but when I still on the ferry because I think that was probably the work like <laughs> that was windy and I was half asleep a lot of the time. But if it weren't there, then you can't. Then I was kind of like, well, it's going to work anywhere. So most places are obviously better than that. But again, you'd be surprised. You try one, test one, send one to yourself. If you do a video, you'll see very quickly. And if you're using an iPhone, like they're excellent. Most Androids are excellent. Like I use a Sony. It's really good quality um, audio and video. So, yeah. Cool. Okay. And what about moving on to say, you know, trying to get testimonials or reviews after you've worked with someone? So I actually saw an example from one of my premium members today. They posted into our Facebook group and they were going to send out a video, but it was a generic video. So they wanted to send the same video to every client rather than personalizing it. Good idea or bad? Look, I'm biased, but I would say if you want something off people, you know, invest a little time in yourself. Again, bear in mind these 30 seconds where if you want to get people to respond and do the testimony, which takes time, it's not a 30 second thing. It, it does take time. Reach out, ask them individually, and I think you'll still see those much higher response rates. Maybe if you have 10,000 customers, then you do it and you're after 1%, maybe that's fine, then you know, go that way. But I think you'll get a much higher response rate if you do it in person. I think you know, when it comes to doing things like testimonials, reviews, and referrals, a better way to do this is to do this as a kind of continuing process rather than doing as a campaign so i mean rather than waiting and doing hey look it's january we're going to go and ask everyone for a testimonial if you're a wedding photographer do the wedding deliver their images you know and then send a video and say when you've looked through them i just want to check everything's good any other questions let me know and if you enjoyed the experience here's a link please go and leave a testimonial that's when you should be doing it not waiting you know until june six months later as your clients roll through, be collecting testimonials on a regular basis. And if you do that as well, it also means that the workload in doing the personalization is not that high because you're spreading it over time. But again, look, your response rates will be better anyway. If someone's just got some amazing imagery back off you and they're like, oh my God, this is fantastic. That's the time you want them to write something because that's the time when they're going to have all that love and energy and they're going to write you something like outstanding. Give it six months, you know, people will have cooled off. Yes, no, I totally agree. Premium members of PhotoBiz Exposed hear more of the best photography business strategies from every guest. Matt, this has been fantastic, mate. I've got a ton out of this. I'm sure the listener has as well. I know before we started recording that you mentioned there's a video funnel playbook that the listener can access. How do we get to that? And what is it? <laughs> yeah, so like I can put the link to put in the show notes or if you go to bonjour.com forward slash video funnel playbook. Or if you type video funnel playbook in Google, it'll come up. We just went out to 30 of our most successful customers deliberately across quite a large range of industries and asked them to tell us like step-by-step exactly how they do this. So for instance, if it's referrals, you'll see some customers in there say that, you know, in like e-commerce, after we've done X, we send them a message. Here's what the template looks like. Here's what it says. Here's what we say. And these are the links that we include and then potentially we follow up in two days. So it's very prescriptive. There's a few photographers in there as well. And I'd suggest it's not a bad place to start when you send your first videos, kind of copy what they do because they've obviously had success. And then over time, start to customize that to your own funnel and your own brand and personality. Unreal. All right, Matt, I'll link to that in the show notes and obviously to bonjouro.com as well. Just before I let you go, Matt, why, <laughs> why Puffer Bear? Why not CEO? <laughs> All right. 
if you're going to run a business, you're going to have fun. Yeah. Like this is a, I spend more time with my business team than I do with my wife probably. So look, I love brand. I think brand is absolutely key. You know, if you're a photographer, you should be building your personal brand. If you, you know, if that's what it is, if you're a photography business, you should be building the business brand. Yeah. We decided to take out and have some fun. Our brand logo is a bear and then it's kind of just escalated where we sponsor bears. We send customers bear suits for their kids. All the team have bear names. <laughs> I'm not sure if it's got out of hand, but uh, yeah, it makes me laugh. So whatever, I'm going to keep doing it. <laughs> I think I think when I did a little bit of, uh, I was doing some research for this, I think I saw you in a onesie and I think the whole team have onesies. Is that right? Yeah. Whenever we hire someone, they get to this, there's a company of old grannies in the north of the UK and they sew custom onesies and we get them to, we get the team to design their own one and they get shipped around the world to them when they join the company. <laughs> so really hard in America. And that's why in Australia, I get to wear it for like a month of the year because it's just too hot. <laughs> so you do all your marketing and promo videos in July and that's it. <laughs> exactly. That's it. Yeah. And I'm done. Oh, Matt, look, mate, it's been a real pleasure. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing everything you have. No problem, Andrew. Thanks for having me. It's been, a, it's been great. I hope you enjoyed everything that Matt had to share in today's episode. Matt, if you're listening again, mate, thank you so much for coming on, sharing everything you did. I love the way you started your business and uh, yeah, I couldn't agree with you more on just how important video can be when it comes to connecting with our ideal clients and our prospective clients. For you, the listener, I do hope you got as much from Matt as I did. He did mention a few different things in the interview that you might want to check out. I've got links to all those anything and everything that Matt mentioned in the show notes for today's episode. And you can find them at photobizx.com forward slash 369. And if you are already using video in your photography business, I would love to hear about it. Are you finding success or more success now that you're using video? Are you using video in the same way that we talked about or that Matt shared in today's episode? What's working for you? What hasn't? What's stopping you from using video if you haven't already started? I'd love to hear your feedback on what Matt had to share and hear your answers to my questions. Leave them in the comments area for today's show notes over at photobizx.com forward slash 369. Or if you are a premium member, let's chat about it inside the members Facebook group. I'll be adding Matt into the group as well. So if you do have any follow-up questions for him, you can hit him up there. But yeah, I'd really love to hear your feedback about video. Are you using it? If you're not, why not? If you are using it, how is it going for you? Is it working? Have you noticed a difference when it comes to booking clients since you've started implementing video? It's shout out time. I've got one big shout out for today's episode and this one goes to Monica Holt. She's based in Harriman, Utah and she runs a portrait studio specializing in senior and family studio and location portraits and has done for the last 20 years. And she says, I've been a PhotoBizX listener for about a year and a premium subscriber for about eight months. It's by far the most educational and actionable photography podcast I've found. The premium members Facebook group is awesome. And if you ever have any questions, Andrew is there to guide you. <laughs> I love that. Thanks, Monica, for taking the time to leave your five-star rating and lovely review. I've added a link from today's show notes to help you with your SEO. And that applies to you if you're listening and you haven't left a review, an honest review for the podcast, and you're looking to add a link back to your website using the keyword phrase that you're looking to rank for. If I can help you with your SEO, I'm more than happy to do that. 
simply leave an honest review for the podcast on the PhotoBizX Facebook page, in iTunes, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Leave an honest review. Let me know you've done that. Let me know the URL that you'd like me to link to and also the keyword phrase you'd like me to use as the anchor text. And I'll add that into the show notes once I see that review pop up. It's my little way of saying thank you for taking the time to leave a rating and review just like Monica has this week. Alrighty, that is going to wrap up this episode of the podcast. We've talked all about video and I did mention right at the very start, we're in the midst of the daily vlog challenge right now. But if you want to get better at video, if you want to get more comfortable being yourself on video and you're interested in joining us in the next challenge, which won't be for a month or two, you can join the waitlist now and I will send you a reminder when we are ready to go. Just head to dailyvlogchallenge.com, add your details there, and I'll be sure to let you know as soon as we're about to kick off the next daily vlog challenge. Alrighty, I hope you have a fantastic week wherever you are. Stay safe, healthy and well, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye for now. If you have enjoyed this episode, head to photobizx.com. Join the conversation, leave a comment, and share your thoughts on the interview with Andrew and today's special guest. 